Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's our first episode in the new year. Um, it's episode 460. I'm really pleased, got a really great guest, a special guest, somebody who even read his books uh, or book about WordPress. That's Brad Williams, CEO and co-founder of Web Dev Studios. Thanks, Brad, for coming on. And can you give our listeners and viewers a quick intro about yourself? Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, like you said, I'm Brad Williams, CEO, co-founder of Web Dev Studios. We're a 100% WordPress design and development agency. Um, one of the older older ones in the space. We've, we're actually going into our 12th year uh, this year, which is pretty amazing. We started in 2008 officially. So um, it's been a really, really fun ride. I've also uh, written, co-authored a number of WordPress development books, like you mentioned, the Professional WordPress Series uh, by Rox and Wiley, which we'll talk about a little bit as well. Um, and I love WordPress. I've been very involved in all the... Uh, I'm out in Philadelphia. I started the WordPress... Philadelphia Meetup Group actually will be 10 years this year. So in a few months, we'll be celebrating our 10-year anniversary. Organized the first five WordCamp Phillies uh, or co-organized, co-organized the first two WordCamp US events that were in Philadelphia. Um, was involved in WordSesh and just a number of stuff. I'm really a big fan of WordPress, open source, um, and everything that involves with it, especially the community. So... That's great, Brad. Unfortunately, uh, the better-looking half of our um, uh, Adrian couldn't join us, so you just got me, listeners and viewers. Before we go into the, <clears throat> the main part of the show, I just want to mention a couple of our sponsors. Our main sponsor, as you, you as you should know, is Kinsta Hosting, and um, Kinsta only specialise in WordPress hosting. We host the WP Tonic website with them. We've been with them for the past couple of years. They've decided to be our main sponsor again in 2020, which is fantastic news. They're just fantastic um, hosting providers if you're um, looking for real quality WordPress hosting. If you've got a WooCommerce site, a membership site, you need better quality hosting, and that's what you get with Kinsta. Um, they provide it through Google Cloud, but what you get is fantastic interface, and the main thing is you get superb 24-7 support for yourself or for your clients. So if that sounds interesting, go over to Kinsta, have a look at their products, buy one of them, and also tell them, and this is the important thing, tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. Our second sponsor is a new sponsor, and that is um, from one of my friends that comes on the Roundtable show, Spencer Forum, and he's, him and his crew have launched a fantastic product called Launch Flows. And basically, um, what it does, um, if you've been using cart flows, and I think you should, it put cart flows on steroids. It enables you to do some amazing stuff. So if that's interesting for yourself or for your clients, go over to launchflows.com, have a look at what they're offering and maybe buy it. Um, so on to the main <coughs> part of the interview. Got a bit of a frog in my throat. Uh, um, so, Brad, let's go to the main part of the show. So you're in the higher end kind of um, web development area Um agency area do you think um you still have a lot of um 
problem explaining why um, you should use WordPress when you're looking at these bigger projects and these bigger clients? Um, I don't, I mean, if you look back, you know, we've been doing this for 12 years now. So certainly in the beginning, you know, first four or five years, it was a lot of kind of selling people on WordPress and why they should use WordPress. I think now WordPress is so popular and so widely adopted. It kind of speaks for itself. Um, now when you do get up into the enterprise space, there is a lot of, um, a lot of competition from, you know, Adobe and, uh, Sitecore and some others, um, that have massive, you know, marketing and sales budgets and teams. And they're, you know, right there, uh, pushing their products as you would expect. Um, so I think there is more, um, of a selling aspect in that front, just to explain why something like WordPress and open source is ultimately going to be a better solution, um, in the enterprise space or for that particular client. Um, but by and large, I mean, you know, WordPress really sells itself. People that seek us out, they know what we do. They know we specialize in WordPress and they're looking for agencies for that very reason. Um, so we don't have to sell, uh, sell WordPress as much as we need to sell ourselves to them. All right. That's great news. So I noticed you also, <clears throat> you and your team, you know, you, you write a lot, you publish a lot, um, you do a lot of um, content marketing. Has that also mm -hmm. been a decision that you pursued over the past few years? And has it really benefited the company? Yeah, so um, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm really proud of the content we produce on our blog. Um, and I have been for a long time. The, our, the content on our blog um, and the content we put out to the public, um, we've actually been doing it for quite a while. Um, and it's been, you know, there's a lot of reasons why. Obviously, marketing um, is a big component of that. Um, being able to write about, not just about what we're doing as a company, but being able to write about, you know, maybe different technologies we're experimenting with or playing with or different solutions we put together for clients and, and unique and interesting ways um, or technologies or services we're, we're using or really, um, really, really like uh, and want to promote. Um, so obviously there's the marketing aspect of that, right? Like it's getting our name out there as thought leaders. It's keeping our name out there with fresh content. It's certainly great for search engines and traffic. Uh, but there's a lot of other wins beyond that. You know, um, it's a great outlet for our team. Um, again, our developers take a break from the, you know, the, the grind of, you know, writing code and hitting, you know, deadlines for clients and, and maybe sit down and write an article about Gatsby and experiment with it a little bit, um, and, and why people should, you know, look at something like Gatsby and how it could benefit them. So it's a nice break for them. Um, it's also a great way, in my opinion, of giving back, you know, because we're sharing knowledge, you know, with the, with the community, um, whether it's WordPress specific or not, you know, some of the posts we're writing about aren't just, necessarily WordPress um, specific. It's more just generic kind of development topics. Um, so it's a great way to give back, right? To help people out there with things that we've learned or some code examples or to get someone started on a new, uh, new technology or new topic. Um, you know, so it's always been a big part of what we do. Uh, we, we like to, you know, allow our team to time to, to write those posts. It's a good thing to do if there's gaps in between, you know, client work. It's good downtime. Um, you know, process uh, to do. So it's, um, we have seen a lot of benefit from it. You know, um, it just, at the very least, it puts us out there as thought leaders and that we really are passionate and truly enjoy what we're doing. Um, and, you know, I love the content that we produce. We have uh, an amazing team, Laura, over on our, our marketing mm -hmm. specialist, helps head that up from the editorial front. Um, and she helps kind of come up, help work with the team of engineers on topics and help, you know, basically says like, get the, you know, get the meat in there and I can help. Um, with the readability of it, because it's obviously writing, 
getting the facts on paper is one thing, but getting it in a way that's easy to read and like flows well is, is something that can take a little bit of more work. So um, it's fun to do. We enjoy doing it. We'll continue to do it because it ultimately does benefit us in a number of ways. That's great. On a sideline, where, where do you think the tavern's going? Because don't get me wrong, I love Justin. I think he's one of the most generous and upfront people in the WordPress community. Mm-hmm. But just recently, you know, obviously I think his official title is editor, but I'm a little bit confused where they're taking the tavern. Where would you like the tavern to go if you were personally had some control over it? Where do you think its focus should be? Yeah, the tavern, um, WP Tavern is interesting, right? I've been around since pre-tavern, right? Well, you know, I I met Jeffro online, um, uh, Jeff Chandler, and prior to him launching the tavern, I remember when he came up with the idea of what he wanted to do, you know, um, bouncing it off of me and we were kind of, you know, I was giving him some ideas and thoughts around it. This is very early on. Like, this is before I even started Web Dev Studios. You know, this is like 2006 or seven timeframe. Um, so I've been there from the beginning and I've seen the kind of different, you know, the, the, the evolution of the tavern from where it started and kind of the different ups and downs it's had over the years. Um, you know, I think one of the challenges the tavern is probably always going to have is the fact that it's, you know, ultimately it's owned by Matt Mullenweg. Um, now I don't, I haven't seen any kind of bias. Um, no, I haven't either that. really, have I, you know, been yeah. surprised in how, um, the stuff that they've been able to cover, really. Yeah, and they brought up, you know, they published some controversial <coughs> stuff, and I think if he did have his hands in it, um, he probably wouldn't have allowed that. So I think that's good, right? We want to have kind of an unbiased approach to to news in the WordPress space. I, th- I think there's always going to be room for something like the Tavern of that, um, you know, that news source that is laser-focused on WordPress. Um, it's definitely grown up. You know, when, when you know, Jeff launched it and for the first however many years, it was very much just kind of uh, Jeff's take and approach on, you know, plugins and products and the direction of WordPress and just kind of his thoughts. And now it, it feels more like a, an official kind of, you know, publication where there's editorial and, you know, the topics are clearly, um, I'm sure, worked on together as a group, um, you know, so... I, where it's going from now, I, you know, I don't know. I think Justin's a great writer and I really like some of the more technical stuff he's been putting out, um, which I think has been uh, kind of lacking over the years. So having someone like Justin with his technical chops being able to write, you know, and speak to that, I think is awesome. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll see because it is in a bit of a transition now. With Jeff, you know, no longer there. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll be maybe I'm being it. Maybe I'm being a little bit harsh. I just think it's the new design and some of the articles, but it's still early days. The design is definitely a uh, version one. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a bit jarring, right? Like, you know, we're used to the tavern, the wood grain, the, yeah. you know, the tavern you would expect it to feel like, and now it's just kind of generic, right? But I think it was, to his point of the post, it was like just to get it migrated into the new setup mm-hmm. and the new theme, and that way they can iterate on it a little bit quicker. Um, so I would expect it to get a little bit better over over time. Now, uh, another area I, I, I seek some insight from you is you get a lot of freelancers that are looking to join an agency like yours, and they can suffer rapidly burnout. Now, um, would you agree with that? And secondly, how do you deal with um, bringing in um, new talent and seeing that because it is a bit different if you're kind of freelancing and you join something like 
your agency, isn't it? Um, how do you deal with the different in culture and the requirements? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. We we hire a lot of freelancers. Um, I generally like hiring freelancers because they not only have the, you know, assuming they have the the technical capabilities that we need, but they also have the um, the ability to work well with clients, right? Or else they wouldn't be successful at freelancing. Um, and the majority of the time when a freelancer is looking to join a, an agency like ours, um, it's really because they want to get back to what they love doing, right? Which is building, you know, awesome WordPress websites. Um, whether it's the design, the front and the back, and whatever that means to them and their skills, they want to get back to what they're doing. And, and the challenge of being a freelancer is um, it's the challenge of running a business. You know, it is the non fun stuff of contracts and negotiations and sales and getting paid and, you know, all that stuff that is not the glam- is not glamorous, but it's a, it's a component of running your own business. And a freelancer is no different than an agency. It's just one person versus a group of people. Um, so when a freelancer joins our team, obviously we offload all that stuff. We get them back to doing what they love, you know, which is writing code um, or designing or whatever that looks like. So we have, you know, people in our, on our, you know, staff members dedicated to the other piece. Like a lot of what I do is on the contractual side of things um, in the sales side. So, and again, that's the kind of non-glamorous part, but it's, it's super important for a company to be successful. Um, so I think that's a lot of the reason, you know, when freelancers looking to join a company like ours, that's usually one of the number one things they bring up is they're just tired of all the other stuff that comes with having your own company. Um, and I get it. You know, it's, it can be exhausting, you know, sometimes. So the thing about us is we're a team, so we can work together. We can support each other um, in the ups and the downs. So um, generally speaking, you know, when we bring in a freelancer, they, you know, they generally fit in pretty well. I think they're so excited to get back to what they love doing that um, there's always a lot of energy when, when new, new team members join for them and for us, you know, it's, it's, it's bringing in new ideas, fresh ideas, someone that's really excited to be here and try something different. Um, and ultimately it's contagious, right? Like when people are really motivated and positive and just super excited, that's contagious, you know, and it's good, you know, the good to bring in some fresh, fresh blood on occasion. Right. Yeah. So I I get the impression that you're saying, you know, and also the last bit, you know, about your own culture is like bringing in freelancers. You haven't observed many negatives about the onboarding experience. No, I think, I mean, if, if we look at the negative side of it, um, one area that you definitely have to focus on is just making sure that they're going to fit into the way you work, right? Your processes, your tools. And and I wouldn't say it's necessarily a, a really big negative, but some people come in and they've done things a certain way for however many years and they've worked on their own. So now it's, it's one kind of, you know, understanding our processes, you know, how we need to work um, with our clients, how we work internally together. Um, you know, how we work with code, code management, all that stuff, our process of updating clients and screenshots and all that, you know, time tracking, which is one that everybody hates, but it's a necessary evil. Um, you know, so that type of stuff is, is really where the learning curve is at. It's not necessarily how, what they're building. It's, it's, it's working with, within the processes that we've established because they're there for a reason. They're there because they, you know, they work. Um, so that that's an area that we always make sure we pay close attention to uh, when we when we onboard, and that's really just anybody, right? Whether they're a freelancer or somebody coming from another agency or whatever, um, everybody works a little bit differently, and so it's just making sure they get comfortable with how how we work. That's great. We're going to go for our breaks, folks. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a 
Brad's new revised book and also what he sees maybe as um, the trends in WordPress in the coming year. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WPTonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. Adrian's not with me, the good-looking one, the intelligent host. But you just had to deal with me, Mr. Grumpy Englishman. But there we go. Uh, I think Brad's handling me quite well, actually. Uh, um, so, Brad, you know, like I said in our pre-show chat, you, I think your book was one of the re- second or third book I bought when I was trying, when I was an active WordPress developer. Awesome. So you decided to do a revision. You know, um, why did you decide that? And secondly, um, um, what are some of the key bits that you're proud about in the, the revised book? Yeah, so um, the book we're, we're updating is this book, which is Professional WordPress Plugin Development. So this was the first edition, the only edition. Um, and this was released into 2011. So, um, and we actually did the majority of the writing in 2010. So it's, you know, about nine, 10 years old. And in the world of open source, that's an eternity. <laughs> that is, you know, it just in the world of technology, that's like night and day, right? Um, so this is a book that was always, you know, kind of close to my heart. The first book I ever wrote was Professional WordPress, which is kind of WordPress development in general. So there was, you know, that, that, was, the that. Se- that was the second book couple. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's great. Uh, and that one's awesome. You know, we did three editions of that one to date, um, you know, uh, but they covered a lot more than just plugins. There's themes and there's a lot of other development stuff that we dug into. Now, a lot of it relates to plugins, but this book is, you know, 400 plus pages of plugin specific development. And, you know, by and large, it's one of the highest rated you know, WordPress development books on Amazon and has been and still is today, you know, eight, nine years later. I get a lot of questions. Every WordCamp I go to, people are asking me like when we're going to update this. And it's one I've been trying to get pushed to, to, to make this happen. Honestly, it's been probably three or four years now. Um, so I'm really excited that we're, it's, it's becoming a reality. So it's go- definitely going to be out this year. Um, I'm working with Justin Tadlock again, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, and he, he had co-authored the first uh, book. And then we also brought in uh, John James Jacoby, uh, Triple J, as many people know him, um, to help round out the, uh, the, the group of co-authors. Um, so oh, another imagine, great another great guy, another great developer, been on my yeah, round table show multiple mind. times. Brilliant. Mind. And that's, that's you know, the, the, the first edition, one of the goals is I wanted to bring in the best of the best, right, to, yeah. to, to help me write this book. Um, and I feel like we've done that again. So as you can imagine, eight, nine years later, being a second edition, you start with the first edition and then you go through an update when needs to be updated. Well, if the, the second edition is, is only a, couple, a year or two later, there's not as much to update. But when it's eight or nine years later, it's basically a brand new book <laughs> because everything is getting updated. <laughs> um, 
including bringing a lot of the things that just didn't exist back then, like the, uh, the obvious big topics. And we have full chapters dedicated or the REST API, yeah. which didn't exist back then. And Gutenberg and the block editor, which certainly didn't exist back then. So, um, and there's a lot of other features that didn't exist, you know, eight, nine years ago. So, um, so I'm really excited. We're, we're, uh, we're right there at the finish line with getting the, the first draft done. Um, it's actually the, the due date is next week. Um, and then there'll be a period of, you know, going through the final process of edits and things like that. So it should be out in the next few months. Um, very excited about it. I'll be talking a lot more about it, um, you know, on Twitter and on social. So if you follow hashtag plug in dev book, um, you'll see the three of us chatting about it. Um, and we're, we're excited to get it out there. So who is the book aimed at? Who is its target audience? You, you feel its target audience? Then? So it's published under Rocks, which, which is uh, W-R-O-X, which is a division of Wiley. Um, and Rocks is the programmer to programmer um, side. And that's why where the term professional comes from, right? So this, this book is written for developers. It's written for programmers. Now, it doesn't mean on page one, we're diving into these ultra advanced concepts of development but it does get pretty technical. Um, so truly this book is for one, anyone that's ever wanted to build a plugin in WordPress will understand how to do that really within the first couple chapters. Um, it's also for anyone that really wants to elevate their game, right? So if you're already building for WordPress, whether it's plugins or whatever, this book will ultimately help you level up um, because we do dig into some, some pretty heavy topics. Gutenberg, um, you know, is a pretty heavy topic. Um, there's a lot more JavaScript in this book, as you can imagine, than there was, you know, eight, nine years ago when everything was just using jQuery and, and even pretty minimal at that. Where now, um, you know, React and, and JavaScript are, are big components of WordPress, um, specifically the Gutenberg editor. So that we do a pretty deep dive into that. So um, I also like it because we've written it in a way where you don't have to read it front. You can read it front to back, certainly, but you don't have to. Like, I, I think it's a good reference. I still use it, you know. Um, maybe forget how to add, you know, how to work with the settings API. You can just go right to the settings API section, get what you need, um, and away you go, you know, or maybe you forget how to work with, uh, how to add a menu or submenu or, you know, how to position the menu or, you know, it's a, it's a way you can kind of quickly reference and, and refresh on how to do specific things within WordPress. So it's, it's, it's a well-rounded book. And I think it's a, anyone that's working in WordPress development, I think is going to get something out of it. I've been listening, uh, listening to a few podcasts, um, some people, some murmurings that, you know, especially if you're, if you're publishing it to the directory, um, the actual process of getting it in, a plug-in is, you know, some of the technologies are a bit clunky now, you know, as compared to GitHub. And some people choose just to publish their plug-in to GitHub, don't mm-hmm. they? And because, you know, they just find it a lot easier. Do you, yep. do you, do you think this whole environment needs revisioning and uh, modernizing a bit? Yes, <laughs> it does. I mean, I understand <coughs> why it's such a massive undertaking because, I mean, you think about it, there's, what, 50,000 plus plugins um, in the WordPress.org plugin directory. You know, there's however many themes. It's all powered by SVN. Um, in terms of, you know, how they're pushing code, how those, those releases are pushing or pulling, you know, into the dashboards for updates and stuff. So to redo that, it would be a massive undertaking and a huge investment, right? Um, so I get why it's, I, I get that it's a challenge, but um, I do think it is, um, you know, it's, it's a hurdle. I mean, when you talk to developers these days and ask how many are familiar with SVN, it's, there's not that many. <laughs> you know? Get blank. I would imagine you get quite a few blank looks. Yeah. 
So, you know, like you said, a lot of people release on GitHub. Now, there are some ways, some clever ways that you can manage your code on GitHub and, you know, push that through SVN to WordPress.org. So there's some, some code and some scripts and tutorials out there to make that a little bit easier. But ultimately, you do kind of need to know if you want to get in WordPress.org, which if you want to get the right amount of visibility on it, that's really where it needs to be. Um, so people can find it through their WordPress dashboard. Um, you know, that that's where it needs to be. So I do hope that they make that switch at some point, but I haven't heard any anything about that happening anytime soon. Yeah, this is why I regret my agent couldn't join us actually because he's an active plugin developer, his own plugin company. So I'm, I was hoping he was going to push it. Well, I don't think I'm doing too bad a job, am I? Uh, um, so <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> right. Uh, um, when I got into programming, it was through action scripting with Flash, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I got into JavaScript. And I remember I bought one of those rocks books on JavaScript. This yeah. is when there, there was like four different DOMs. And you literally had to program for four, four different... Oh, wow. And uh, I always wanted to shoot myself. I had this project. <laughs> and I really didn't know what I was doing. And I, uh, I had a deadline and it expanded into JavaScript and I was hoping this book and in the end I, I had to call the friends and favors in and in the end we got the project done but it was a nightmare but people should be so thankful that they're not having to write JavaScript for four separate DOMs <laughs> shouldn't they times have changed for the for the better I think um these new but young girls and boys don't know what they're missing do they <laughs> Yeah, it was a different world back then, um, you know, and to think how far it's come or flat, you know, what's interesting about Flash is if, you know, you remember Flash was such a dominant yeah. um, technology, you know, what, early yeah. 2000s, mid 2000s. It really uh, was, wasn't like it? Like every site was like, you have to be on Flash. It has to be like, you know, almost like a movie experience of some sort. Um, and it was like 90% of the internet, it felt like. And then, you know, once search really took off and Google specifically kind of said, well, if you're using Flash, we we won't be able to index you or won't know what you're doing on your website, and that killed it like quickly. Well, I think <laughs> I think the two things that killed it really was that, and also, you know, the iPhone, yeah, you the know, iPhone. when that appeared, and you couldn't run Flash on that. That was the kind of finishing moment, wasn't it? Yep. When they when the um, the knife was stuck right in the heart. Of yeah, it's still out there. I mean, I have a four year old, and you know, I find little toddler games and stuff that you can play online, and a lot of them are Flash. And I always have to like do the song and dance to get Flash to work in Chrome. I think they're ultimately removing it this year, anyways, completely. Um, I'm sure there'll be a way to re-enable it, but it, it's still out there. It's just certainly not what uh, what it used to be, which is a good thing, I think. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Hopefully, Brad's going to, you, you can stay on for another 10 minutes, kind of, for sure. bonus content. Can you, Brad? Absolutely. You can tolerate me for another 10 minutes. Uh, I think I've only teasing him. Uh, um, and we're going to be discussing some of his thoughts about the future of WordPress, where he thinks it's going. You know, he's been part of the WordPress community for a long time, a great member. So, Brad, how can people find out more about you, your company, and what you're up to? Yeah, so companies webdevstudios.com. Um, I'm Williams BA on Twitter. I'm Williams BA on most platforms. Look for Web Dev Studios on most platforms. Check out our blog. Um, you know, we also push that out to to Twitter and some other places, but you can go subscribe if you want to get those posts. But again, it's some really awesome content. Um, and I think you'll you'll benefit from it. And keep an eye out for uh, professional WordPress plugin development second edition, which will be out uh, hopefully in a few months. 
I'll be tweeting about that, obviously, a lot. So um, follow me on Twitter and you'll get all those good updates. Oh, thanks, Brad. Thanks for coming on the show. It's a blast. Yeah, thanks Hopefully for having you. Me. You will return at some stage. Um, we'll be back next week with another great guest, another offering great insight into WordPress, e-learning, or how to run online business in general. We'll be back next week, folks. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.